Hi, welcome to the Arise Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Anjanette Kroom. And here at Arise Beautiful, we talk about um, several topics. We talk about relationships, spirituality, service, career slash um, school, depending on where you're at in life. And lastly, self. Um, and so today we are going to be talking about the topic of relationships, specifically the mother-daughter relationship. So I'm really excited for our guest. Um, so I'm going to allow her the opportunity to introduce herself. Hey, Anjanette. Thank you for having me. My name is Ann Dillard. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I run a private practice in uh, Decatur, Georgia, but I also see clients I'm licensed in Minnesota as well. I am the mother-daughter healer, all things mother-daughter. That's the focus of my practice, working on this very complex but important relationship in our lives. And when I'm not doing that, I am traveling and doing work in Senegal, West Africa with my nonprofit, Project Safety Net. So I'm just delighted to be here with you to have this conversation. Yes, I'm so happy to have you. Um, I love the work that she's doing. The mother-daughter um, relationship is a really important one, especially um, for Black women, we see this issue come up over and over and over and over again. Um, and so I think it's it's a very complex issue and um, something that I'm really excited to like dive into and talk to with the mother-daughter guru. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about um, what got you into doing this work. Yeah, I started doing this work. Well, I didn't realize that I was doing it a while back, right? Because what happens is as a teen um, leader, coach, mentor, and then moving on to, to being a therapist of teenagers, what I really noticed was that the common theme that was coming up were issues with mothers. And then I started doing work with young adults as well. And inevitably, everything that comes up, it went right back to their relationship with their mothers. And it's such an important relationship, yet a very complex relationship. And so back in, I think it was 2017, I got invited to be a part of a um what is that called? An anthology. It's called Unchain My Legacy. And it was a group of 12 black women writing about things that we needed to unchain in order to create a legacy of health and wellness for our families. And in th at that time, I took a deep dive and started looking closely at my relationship with my daughter and realized that, oh my gosh, I've done some of those things that, you know how when you're growing up and your mother did something, you're like, when I have kids, I'll never do that, right? I was like, oh, what a rude awakening. I've done some of those same things. And so I started focusing my work around that. Good, good, good. Um, it's interesting how, you know, I how this continues to come up. Like you said, I work with a lot of teenagers as well. I work with young adults. I work with older, you know, black women too. And it's like every, at every layer, there is 
this issue that keeps coming up, especially with kids in how, how do I relate to my mother? How do I love my mother, but I'm also extremely hurt by my mother? How do I facilitate that conversation? How do I navigate when my mother feels like she doesn't love me? Like there, it's so many layers to this. Um, yeah. you know, and then talking to parents and like, you know, parents being, having them recognize like your trauma is showing up and it's <laughs> impacting your, your daughter. And, you know, it's, it's creating barriers of co to conversation with you guys. Um, and sometimes you just don't even realize it. They're like, you know, this is just how I relate to my mom and never really given thought to why that is, um, mm -hmm. So what would you say has been kind of the major themes that come up with, um, I guess, problematic relationships between mother yeah. and mother? Yeah, and I'm glad that you said problematic relationships because I never want to give off the impression that all mother-daughter relationships are um, you know, laced with trauma and things like that. And we're, I just, that's where I work and that's where I swim. So that's what I talk about because if they weren't having issues, they wouldn't come see me. Right. So that's, that's what I talk about. Um, and the thing about it is it is, bicultural it doesn't matter I've, I've, I have Indian clients I have clients from the dominant population I have clients from the Caribbean all over it is it seems to be that same theme and themes that come up are she won't listen she minimizes um my issues you know and minimizing meaning like Oh, what do you have to worry about? You don't have any jobs. And when I was your age, da da da, you know, you know how that whole thing goes, right? And and then, but the thing is, mom doesn't even realize that in doing that and in bringing up that comparison, which is an unfair comparison, um, what it does is shuts down the relationship and it builds barriers. Uh, the biggest thing that I noticed in my audience that daughters are really looking for is validation from their mothers, right? And so that comes up when they feel judged or not validated. So those are some of the big stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That she doesn't listen. She thinks she knows everything you know, and then in how it manifests as an adult, especially like I'm an adult now and now she still doesn't listen. And, you know, um, right. and two, what I find it with, with mothers is um, they take that personally as an attack, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, you're calling me a bad mother. That's what they're hearing. Bad mother, bad mother, bad mother. And it's like, no, that's not what we're saying. You know, two things can be true at once. Like, how does your child experience you may not be how, your intent. Um, those are two different things. And so you may have the best, most positive intentions for your child, but she may not experience that the same way. Exactly. And that is hard. And when I'm doing the mother daughter, um, whether it's coaching or doing therapy, I always put significant time into preparing 
the mother to um you know to be introspective and to be reflective because the lack of that introspection really can be more damaging to in the process of trying to heal that relationship right because then you you would say things like oh no that's not what happened well, you know, you experienced it differently than the person who was going through it. And so being able to to be reflective and try to hold that space, you know, that mind-body connection, being aware of what's coming up with for you and giving mothers tools to navigate that because when we became mothers, I, I, for the majority of mothers that I know, that is like, oh, that's my life's work. I don't want to fail at this. And yeah. so to hear this, it feels like criticism. Mm -hmm. And what do we do when we feel criticized? You know, we deflect or we come out defending ourselves. And that can be really hurtful. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I always use like the example of, you know, the working mom, right? Who's always working. She's doing everything that she can to provide for her children, but yet the children feel abandoned because mom's not there, yeah. you know, and both things can be true. Like with my head, I know that you love me, mom. I can see that you're working really hard to provide for us. However, in my heart, I'm not feeling you because you're not here. Yeah. Yeah perfect example and it's okay it's yeah. two different things you know to recognize that you've made the sacrifice of your mm -hmm. time to be able to provide however there is an indirect consequence to that unfortunately right. and as a mom i would hear oh you're so ungrateful that's how it trans thrive mm -hmm. in my mind right oh you're so ungrateful okay how do you think i afford that game boy or that nintendo or how do you think i afford them gym shoes that you have and that's not what we're saying right mm -hmm. we're like we want the heart connection yes you can do that and yep exactly exactly um and so i think one of the biggest things that I would say, um, what are some of your kind of tips in bringing mom and daughter to the table to begin this type of work? Wow. That is a, that is a really good question. And like I said, I, I prefer to start with individual working with each person individually. So even um, helping mom to look at some of her traumas, because as a mom, one of the things that I realize is that some things in my childhood don't even come up until my daughter was going through that stage. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like reliving it. Right. Yeah. And so helping mom to look at her life, look at some of um her attachment style, right? Mm -hmm. um, some of the, the traumas that she might have had and to see how that is playing out in a, in a safe environment where she doesn't feel like she has to deflect or defend herself or be combative. And also helping daughter to realize from the perspective of her mom, you know, some of the things that mom might be going through. So I do a lot of um, brain body education. 
mm-hmm. psychoeducation, and I prepare both of them to come together. We have ground rules and we talk about, you know, the, what is the goal of us coming together, mm-hmm. right? It's not an attack. It's not a, you did, you did, you know, yes, some of that will come up, but ultimately what is the result that we want when we leave the table? And so that's really important to establish. So we we know that in this process, though it may be hard, we're coming from a place of love. Right. Yes. I think that's really important, especially when we're starting to talk about kind of family therapy and getting multiple people in the room, you know, having a common goal and making sure that this is a a healing space. We're not attacking each other. Um, We're just trying to get to the bottom, to the root of it. Um, Right. Right. And I think that's really important what you say. We want to get to the root of it because sometimes the discomfort of bringing these things up might cause mom to say, well, why do we have to bring up the past? Or or daughter might be, why do we have to bring up the past? Why, why can't we just go from where we are? And sometimes we can't just do that. We have to look back. Um, I encourage pe- each person to take responsibility, be accountable, you know, for the things, whether you knew it, the things that you didn't know, right? The things that you did and shouldn't have done, the things that you didn't know to do, right? You know, you can take responsibility for that and validate your daughter's experience so Mm -hmm. that we can move on. And I also say to daughter, you know, once we get to that stage, what responsibility are you going to take for your own life now? Mm -hmm. And that might mean that you set boundaries. If, if mom's doing the best that she can, and that came from um, Dr. Brene Brown's work, which I love her work. If she's doing the best that she can, and this best is being hurtful to you, what boundaries do you need to set? And, um, and that's a big deal because when we hear boundaries, if we don't have that foundational information, we hear walls and barriers. Yes, exactly. And I think that's one of the things that I do working with young adults is in, I think even teenagers in understanding, like, especially teenagers, when they don't necessarily have control over the household, how do you protect yourself from being hurt, you know, from your mother? Because that's an uncomfortable conversation to have. Mm -hmm. Like your parent is supposed to love, supposed to nurture you, but what do you do when that parent isn't necessarily safe, right? Exactly. Um, and, and how do you do that? And even into adulthood, people are like, oh, well, that's your mother. You only get one of those, you know, that extremely minimizing commentary that you get from other people that you try to share with when you try to get some advice on how do I deal with my mother and all of her things, or how do I deal with my daughter and all of her things? And people are like, well, you only get one of those, you know, that's your family, you know, and it becomes really difficult to make boundaries with someone that is your family member, let alone your mother. Exactly. That's a difficult task. And again, if we have different interpretation of boundaries, and I love, again, Dr. Brene Brown's um, definition that says boundaries are just what, what it's saying and stating what is okay and what's not. 
just yes. so simple what is okay and what's not and in you know i know that it's challenging as teenagers to say what is okay because especially if you're in a household where your experience is not really valued you're still a child you don't know what you want or what is okay that becomes very difficult to help them navigate that space and so what i do in spaces like that is say okay well then let's back up and look at what is in your control mm -hmm. what do you have control over and that is what we'll plan around and that is what we'll focus on focus on what's in your control right and then Absolutely. surrender the rest. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good, that's a good strategy to have when working with, with teens who don't necessarily have the control. Um, mm -hmm. And I do, and you can see it carry over into adult, young adulthood and adulthood because they still have that same kind of barrier mindset. Like they are, they don't, they're not able to recognize that I'm an adult now and I can actually put these boundaries up. You know, and it's okay to limit my exposure to my mother and to limit how I engage with her. That's, I feel like I have that conversation all the time. Like you're an adult now, like you can literally choose how you engage with your mother. Yeah. And understanding also that in some cultures that is like unheard of, right? That is unheard of. And it's sacrilegious <laughs> to, to even um, to even say something like that. And when we say that, I think it's important to preface it by saying, if you're not safe, yep. you are, it's okay to do what you need to do to be safe, emotionally safe. Emotional safety is very important. The yep. mother daughter relationship is such a foundational relationship that, you know, our, it, it really influences our all of our other relationships. It becomes a blueprint for all the other relationships in our lives. And what sometimes as mothers we don't realize is the things that we're teaching our daughters and, you know, the, the space that we're holding them in, whether it's you don't get to say, you don't get to talk back to me or you don't get to voice your opinion. We are teaching them how to be in other uh, relationship as an adult. Absolutely. And so it, when I'm working with women, whether it's a young woman or a more mature, older woman, and they're in a domestic abuse situation and they are, you know, questioning, how can I even begin to see my way out of this? we go back to the root which nine times out of ten is founded in the mother-daughter relationship mm. Ooh, that's heavy <laughs> yes as that first caring adult in your life um to whom you form that attachment bond mm -hmm. that informs the attachment bond that you're able to have in your intimate relationships. Yep. Yes, I, absolutely. And also your relationship with self too. Um, you know, I have that conversation with a lot of people like your inner voice, like who, who does it sound like, mm -hmm. right? And most of the time they're like, it sounds like my mom. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, the way we talk to our children being super critical, like we, we should really be mindful of that because that does become that inner voice that they have setting the tone for the relationship that they have. I, I do a whole exercise with my clients. Like, what does your inner voice sound like? Who does it sound like? Is it your voice? Um, is it loud? Are they screaming at you? Is it a whisper? Is it, or is it constant? You know, how, how does your inner voice sound? Um, That is so true. And I work with mothers on, okay, do you want to be an inner critic or inner champion? Inner cheerleader with compassion, or do you want to be that critic that is always critical? always there because then you the the, what the daughter does is she internalizes it and she starts to criticize herself and then we have this um imposter syndrome low self-esteem and Mm -hmm. all those other things and and again we're not blaming mothers we're just saying what happens as a result of the disconnect in this relationship absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely and I think the in going along with that is like not necessarily being super critical of mothers, but knowing how all of this comes into play. You don't know what you don't know, right? And so sometimes you don't know how you're actually impacting your child without having a conversation with the child. You know, a lot of times I think I working with children, I find this where it's rare, it, it's hard for children to express themselves, first of all, but then we've, we're all going through experiences. So as, if you as a parent are experiencing a crisis, you know, I, I bet you 100% that your child is too. Yeah. And so taking the time to actually ask. <laughs> yeah, but but see we have to we have to go back to the drawing board where we stop saying things like stay in a child's space you know be seen and not heard and i'm so guilty of that that's one thing that i wish i could redo is Mm -hmm. some of my parenting Mm -hmm. so and and i've learned to accept the fact that i was a great mom there were so many good things that I did and then there were so many fails that I had and big mess ups that I've had all right and so reconciling both polar opposite um is is, it's difficult sometimes and I wish with the knowledge that I've acquired since then and the experiences I wish I could change some things Mm -hmm. but I can't so I'm teaching and hoping to inspire others to you know Mm-hmm. Try, you know yeah it's, it's great like I know like that's one of the struggles that I have with my kids because they are like we have conversations we talk a lot and so but when they go to like their aunts and uncles because we weren't raised that way you know we stay in a child's place so when they go to their aunts and uncles sometimes they they perceive that as my kids are being disrespectful because they're asking questions they're pushing mm-hmm. back you know <laughs> yeah so how how do you live in that community it's like bicultural right how do you live in that that way at home and then have to do something else or don't even know that somebody else might even perceive it as being wrong or rude right so so you know so i i let you know i tell my sons like well no in our house you know they have a voice we we listen to them mm-hmm. you know because it's not always what what we think it is you know and so i give them the opportunity to express themselves that's true 
And so that's, yeah, that's so important. I love that. And it's so it's interesting because, um, like I said, we weren't raised that way. And I think recently we did like a family trip to Tennessee. Um, and so it was, you know, my siblings and then it was like my aunt. So the older generation and stuff for us. And I had a conversation with my aunt and she was saying how um, she said she felt bad um, having to like, you know, pop my little like her little her great niece because you know, her, she had said, you know, she was cursing or something or doing something that she was, but she was like, but I, it, she was like, it hurt to do it because I have learned so much since growing up that like, that's not how we do it. You know, I, I spoke with her and, and we just had this really great conversation about how, you know, it is important to give children a voice and to not always want to be willing to like beat them and have them be quiet and silence them. Um, and so it was really interesting to like full circle, see like my aunt wow. you know, come around and like, we were able to have this kind of discussion and she was just open to the conversation. Um, that is so powerful. My goodness. That is so powerful. <laughs> right? Yes. It was, it was a great conversation and, and, and it shows how, you know, when you know more, you, you, when you know better, you do better. Um, that's right. At least that's the hope. Mm-hmm. Right. And I always say too, like when I have major like parenting fails and when I'm talking to other parents, it's like, we're all going to fall, fall short. We're all, <clears throat> excuse me, we're all going to make mistakes. So one of the things that I always like to say when I'm talking to parents and other like anyone really, I always say like, we all make mistakes. We all fall short. However, the healing is in circling back, <laughs> you know, and admitting that yeah. I made a mistake, that I'm sorry that I, I hurt your feelings. You know, how can I do better? Like, it's the circle back that's important. That is so true because we're not perfect. There's no blueprint on this stuff. It's how you manage that space, right? It's mm-hmm. really how you manage that. That is really important. One of the things that I encourage mothers to do you know after working together is to have that conversation with your daughter to say hey um what kind of parent or what kind of mother do you need me to be mm-hmm. you know what how you know get a scorecard right mm-hmm. how am i doing as your mother and and giving them the opportunity to say well mom you know i love that you know, you sign me up for all these activities and you're always there to drive me around and things like that. But I don't like that when I tell you about my friends, you think I'm doing the same thing. Mm. You know, just different things like that. So given that space to be able to have that conversation without being um, penalized, for for your opinions i think that's a powerful step towards moving to right. um strengthening and building that relationship absolutely yeah with my own mother i had a very <clears throat> complex relationship it was very interesting um but i think the one thing that stands out to me the most about my relationship with my mother is that she's always been open um to to us we can talk to her about literally anything (laughs) Mm. um and 
I think that is what helped to keep the relationship together, even when, you know, it got kind of crazy and, you know, she did some things that I didn't like, or, you know, I hurt her feelings. It's still the, the openness to be able to talk to her about it or um, talk to her about just anything. Just her being open was always what sustained the relationship in the end. That's powerful. That is powerful. Yeah. And I think it, I think sometimes mothers may feel like if I'm open like that, or if I'm um, asking questions like you're suggesting, then that means I'm soft and I'm weak and I won't be respected. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to teach that you don't have to be domineering and instill the the fear of God in your child for you to be respected. Yes. They can fear you with a reverence mm. without fearing the punishment or the repercussions of your punitive actions. Absolutely. So punitive actions actually don't bring respect. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. And in 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 two in the openness with my mother, I would say that that was I was I've always respected my mother. I that was always the thing, and she rarely, <laughs> if at all, punished me and gave really harsh consequences. It just that just wasn't a part of how we related to each other. Yeah, um, there was no need for that. No, it wasn't. And I think it was a little ab it, it was a little abnormal too, because I think like I remember some interactions between me and my mom and then my aunts and then my aunts being like, oh no, she's so disrespectful. <laughs> and it's it just like, no, that's not what was happening here. Exactly. Um but you know, I think in you know, I, I lost my mother in 2020, but I feel like me and all of my siblings, it's the same thing um about her being open and honest with us allowed us the space to be open and and live our lives like even if it's a hot mess and everything she accepted all of that like she just <laughs> and yeah. she gently guide us and i think you know again that openness and you know it also created like that's the atmosphere in our family so our, our siblings are very we're very vulnerable and open with each other I mean yeah and that's so important <laughs> you know it could be a little bit too much now that we're <laughs> boundaries <laughs> but <laughs> um but it, it it is interesting how um the the softness and without having that that punitive and that fear um what it does for a relationship um, you know, yeah. I think uh, back to that Tennessee trip with my aunts, like it was so funny. There was a moment where I think like my older cousin, um, and his mom had a like interaction and she was kind of like pouting, like, I'm the mother. <laughs> like, you are, you are, but we're all like grown, grown. <laughs> we have thoughts and ideas and opinions. <laughs> so it was so, it was funny. Um, but I love 
the idea of kind of healing that relationship and just going there because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, if it's not a good relationship, if it doesn't serve you, cut it off. Like we're in that cut off thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I always say is like cutting something off doesn't heal the wound. It just, it just creates distance. Yeah. And you um, know, with the mother-daughter relationship, yeah, cut it off and then it's going to pop up here, pop, pop up. up on the job, mm-hmm. pop up with your own children. It's going to pop up. Yep. And then too, like, I know the heart of most of the people, heart of most of the people, like, even if mom is completely like toxic, there's like this innate thing in us where we just want our moms. We do. Right. And so we may say, yeah, I'm going to cut my mom off, but that's not your heart. That's not what you really want to do. No, that's your hurt. Yes. And so it's like, what do, how do we work within this context? Because what if it is the truth that your mom is never going to change she's stuck in her ways but you still have that desire to want to have that relationship with her so how do we do that in a safe way um so that you still can honor respect your mom and 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 live with her Mm -hmm. and have her be a part of your life but to what extent yeah and I think that that is a really good question because that's where we have to establish what boundaries we need to establish. And then there are those mothers who have zero bit of nurturing in them. Mm-hmm. And so you may not get that. And it's okay to have those, create those safe um, substitute relationships to get that part that she's not able to give you. Absolutely. Um yes absolutely boundaries are important um and I always say like understanding like the capacity that your mom has you know she can't be what she's not (laughs) very important very important and if that's the best that she's doing that's the best that she can be then how do you get you know what you need it doesn't stop your needs from happening, but how do you get that in, in, in a healthy way? Exactly. And I will say like in my life, I have lots of different mothers mm-hmm. um, for different capacities that stepped in when my mother was absent or whatever the case may be. Um, and so that's really important to acknowledge that that's a need that you have you know, and how do you go about getting it and and building other relationships to fulfill that? Yeah. It's okay to say that, you know, my mother may not be the most healthy person for me, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but I still desire that type of relationship. And then, and there comes a time in our lives where we have to then learn how to mother those inner wounds and those inner voices and that inner child that still needs some of those things that you won't be able to get from her. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I say the other advice that I get is what are your mother's strengths? Like, what does she do well? And you engage in those activities with her. You know, if your mom is an organization queen, like have her, you know, spend some time, have her come organize your closet with you. You know, if your mom likes to, you know, watch Ratchet TV, maybe watch some Ratchet TV with her once a week, you know, like what are her strengths? What are her interests? And you build memories there um, rather than harping on what she's not doing and what she's not. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I, I and that is so that is so key. Again, it co- it goes back to focusing on what's in your control. Mhm. Absolutely. All right. Um so I will ask Okay, so this is one question. So what do you tell clients who are struggling with healing um, from a toxic mother? How do you, you know, what, what, what advice do you give for, for the woman who feels hopeless in repairing that relationship with her mom? Yeah. And it's not much different from what we just spoke about. Right? It's re- realizing and recognizing what are her limitations, right? She's not able to, again, be introspective. She's not, she's going to be blaming. She's going to, you know, blame you for all her mishaps and why she wasn't successful in life. All those different things, whatever it is that brings out that toxicity in her and realizing that, okay, that's not healthy for me. So, if that is who she is and what she's going to do, then what do I need to do? How do I need to take care of myself? How do I need to provide safety, emotional and physical? Because sometimes, you know, toxic moms don't care how old you are. They coming for you. <laughs> yes. Physically, right? Because in their eyes, you never grow up. That and And that is something that, I try to work with mom to understand, recognize the grief that they may never get to um, process as their daughters grow up. You know, if you don't grieve those key transitional points in her life, then that brings up so much stuff. It's like, there's a curve in the road. You gotta turn with the curve, but a lot of times when moms, you you know, you just keep on this, this path and it's like, no, it's time for a curve. So our inability to make those turns at those pivotal points mm. and make them successfully really um, determines how the relationship is going to unfold. Mm. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So mm. being with the discomfort. Yeah, because you see, like, at those major moments, you know, you, this yeah. teenage girl that, you know, you see it, the, the tension starts to build. Yes. Um, and then that's when we have a tendency to pull back. Oh, she's smelling herself. She thinks she grown. Yeah, you know, all those different colloquialisms that we use. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And really, she's just, um, it's a period of individuation that's happening she's you know she's learning and she's she's pushing the 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 barriers on all those different things and it's not personal right so i encourage moms at that point you know lean in more don't just back up and get more rigid and you know like i'm gonna crack down on all of this and she's not gonna see the light of day it's like then it becomes a power struggle yeah and that's nobody's gonna win no and then you get tick for tat you start getting petty exactly and then next thing you know you catch a case and defects is involved Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not necessary no you're right 
Um, okay, so the last question that I'll ask is, <clears throat> one of the things that comes along with setting boundaries uh, mm. is often the guilt that you mm -hmm. feel. You know, you feel guilty that you have to distance yourself from your mother. You feel guilty that, you know, you're you're hurting her feelings. You feel guilty. How do you, how how do you, how would you advise someone yeah. to deal with that that guilt that they feel in creating boundaries? That is a really good question because yes, and oh, some moms can make they can mm -hmm. pile the guilt on yes yes they can and you just hear it in their voice you see it in their faces and it's just like oh god and <laughs> mm -hmm. that's hard that's hard but also realizing that okay it's not gonna be easy mm -hmm. you gotta stay the course find mental health care get a good professional to help walk you through that so that you don't resort to doing um, unhealthy things to soothe that guilt. Mm. It's okay to learn how to sit with those discomfort, those feelings of discomfort, yes. you know, and not have to medicate. Because uh, a lot of times that's what we learn. We, we, we don't learn to embrace emotions. And so we learn to medicate, whether it's with food, drugs, sex, gambling, all those different things people have traditionally used to medicate. Mm -hmm. So getting a, a very strong uh, mental health professional to help you walk with that, sit in the guilt, journal about the guilt, right? Because when you shed light on that guilt, it's not going to last too long. Yep. Right? It's just a matter of, okay, somebody to remind you, why are you doing this? How come we're doing this? What is the desired outcome? Okay, how are you taking care of yourself today? Mm -hmm. Because if not, that guilt will eat you alive. It will. It, and it'll make you just backtrack. Backtrack. And backtrack. I like it's, it's not going to be easy whenever you start shifting mm -hmm. your patterns of interactions with people. They don't like it. There's always going to be a pushback. Exactly. And, you know, there is something I read somewhere that says boundaries are only uncomfortable for people who benefit from you not having them. Absolutely. So you're going to get the pushback. If, mm -hmm. if I'm benefiting from your lack of boundaries, I, what? You're going to change the script now? What? Who mm -hmm. <laughs> told you to change the rules of engagement? <laughs> exactly. There's going to be pushback. Exactly. So stay the course, have sound counsel, people mm -hmm. who can really check you and check you when you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Because because you have boundaries, it's not you, you know, you, you can mess up too. You can be wrong in some of the things. So have those people in your life who will say, nah, girl, that was no, that was a little hard. You're trying to have boundaries with your mom, but you really need to have boundaries with yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? True. So have those people who are qualified to call you out on your stuff as well. Absolutely. Um, those are such great tips because I feel like that's that's the I feel like that's a major barrier to 
you know, improving this relationship. Cause that guilt trip, whoo, guilt will have you doing some things, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. just to, just to ease that. And like I said, innately, we have this, this, this desire to want our mothers, even if she's a horrible mother, like it, and I say that to parents too, like, do you know, your child is always going to want your love and affection, even if you're a completely horrible, wretched parent, <laughs> like, you know, your kid is still going to want better for you. So you always have the opportunity to repair that. Yes. Yes. Until she said, well, you know what? I've been hurt too much. And so we need to, you know, put up some, you know, barriers and this is how we're going to engage. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, th- and then that's a hard place to come back from. However, I've seen people um, and mothers who have really called for therapy because mm-hmm. they want to have a better um, relationship with their daughters because the barriers, not barriers, but the boundaries have led them to really look at and examining, wow, this doesn't feel good, but I don't know what to do. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had that as clients are going through it with me. I had, I've seen that like, okay, we've put up the boundary and we've kind of almost cut mom off. And now mom is freaking out because, oh, she's serious now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Well, you know, and, and they feel the loss of that and they're like, okay, now what, now what to do? Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a horrible loss. That is a horrible loss. And um, we call that ambiguous loss because you're there, but you just don't have that emotional connection. And that's hard to identify. Um, and that's hard to to even admit that, wow, they've, they've put this in motion. And so even paying attention to that and, um, and working through that. And again, get some mental health counsel. Get somebody to walk with you through this. Absolutely. Um, Definitely listening to um, a mental health provider as you're going through this, teaching you about boundaries, what's appropriate boundaries, you know, because sometimes we know, we may know what boundary, we know we need to put a boundary somewhere, but we don't know what that may look like, what the boundary is. Um, Absolutely. And so, you know, having help, is always, always, always a good thing. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Okay. So I think that we had a wonderful, wonderful discussion. And so I like to end my podcast with my Arise Beautiful affirmations. Um, So Arise Beautiful for me is kind of like um, an internal call to self um, that you're telling yourself, you know, Arise Beautiful. um, And then we finished the sentence with um, what we need. And so today we're talking, of course, about relationships, the mother-daughter relationships. So if you can leave our listeners with an Arise Beautiful affirmation um, about the mother-daughter relationship, that would be wonderful. I love that. And my affirmation would be Arise Beautiful, you are enough. Love it. Arise Beautiful, you are enough. Yeah. Very simple. Um, we don't hear that enough I think yeah know that we're enough we're enough yeah um and even if we may be in a situation where our parents don't see that we are enough 
still know that we are enough. That's the baseline that we're enough. That's right. All right. So um, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, absolutely. You can find me at uh, www.ann, Dillard, D-I-L-L-A-R-D.com. That is my website. And I am on all different social media platforms, uh, anndillard.lmft. You can also visit my store um, to purchase any of my products. I have the mother-daughter prompt journal and also the mother-daughter conversation cards to help build um, strong relationships with each other. And you can find that on my website. Yes, those those cards, the mother-daughter cards, the journal, definitely great tools um, to begin to facilitate those hard conversations and just begin to nurture that relationship. Um, and so thank you so much for coming and sharing your knowledge and wisdom with the audience. Um, I love your work. I am definitely glad to see um, that there is this space available, that there is healing in that relationship. And we can have strong relationships with our mothers. Um, and so thank you for doing your work. Thank you for being a guest. And um, if you like this podcast episode, please like, share, comment, um, subscribe if you haven't. Um, and uh, stay tuned for our next episode. Awesome. Bye. Okay.